0: Hey guys, welcome to the Upscale Business Podcast. I'm Mitch Van and we've got Nathan Gene. and Arena with us here today. How are we all going?
1: Good, man.
0: Yourself? Amazing. Oh, look, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. You know, first question we normally ask everyone on the show is, what you have for lunch? Caesar salad.
2: Sriracha
0: chicken. Muscle <laughs> this, isn't this is Jeopardy.
2: This isn't Jeopardy. We don't have to <laughs> buzz <been>. in. <laughs> 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 Whoever goes
0: first. Arena goes first. <laughs> Did Correct. It? $300. Can, can I go yes, in? You can. You can. You can.
2: Porridge.
0: Poison, thank you. eggs. <laughs> protein shake. Oh, of course. Shots of guns. Oh, I understand. You <laughs> did it without me even asking. That was just come out. It was like, yeah, protein
2: shake. Such a bummer. This is a podcast.
0: Such a bummer. This is a podcast. <laughs> but uh, for anyone that does want to watch this, you can watch it on YouTube. So uh, click over there and have a look. But what are we talking about today, guys?
2: What's the topic of choice? How much should we charge?
0: Oh, it's a question we get all the time, isn't it's it? A question we get all the time. How much should I charge? Um, Do you want to go first this one? Who wants to go?
2: What would you charge, Nathan?
0: (laughs) What are we talking about first? Look,
1: I I guess we're we're talking about, uh, we we see it all the time. People say, how much should I charge? And I see it in forums and things all the time. Most of the time, I mean, when I first started businesses, I knew nothing about business. I would go out into the market and look what other people were charging. And I'd try and be a little bit cheaper in order to gain work. Mm. What I worked out was that I wouldn't get anywhere. I would be undervaluing myself. Uh, I'd be going around and around and not really progressing until I came to the point where I learned to understand my cost of operations.
0: Yeah. I think something that's interesting that you just talked about was how you'd go and you'd compare yourself to your competitors and you'd look at what they were charging. If mm-hmm. you think about what you exactly said there was that, and then you charge a little bit less. Mm-hmm. The problem is that that happens over and over and over and it erodes away It mm-hmm. actually. it happening forever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So think That's about it this call. way. Race to the bottom. Yeah. Steve <laughs> charges 30 bucks an hour. i yeah. picking numbers. All right. And then Cam wants to start a business. And he's like, I'll charge 28. You know what? And then Phil wants to start a business and he sees that Cam's at 28 and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go 26. Yep. And then someone else comes along, Lucy, and she's like, I'm going to charge 24.
2: Someone mm-hmm. comes along
0: again, fiota oh, I'm going 22. And we get to this point where even at the start, there was only a couple of dollars in each hour of profit, actual net profit anyway. We get to this point where all the profits eroded. The value that we can actually provide as a service is zero because we're making nothing and the business goes ultimately nowhere. Yeah. You know? And in one of our last podcasts, we just talked about this, how the main reason businesses crumble and they don't make it is because they ultimately don't have an understanding mm-hmm. of their numbers and they don't make any profit. They don't make any money. Yep. That's exactly where it starts at. Yep. The ability to charge right. Mm-hmm.
1: And do it with confidence. Yep. That's the hard thing. I think one of the things that we're, I see quite often is people are scared to charge more because they think either A, they're not worthy or they're not going to win the work.
0: Yep, Yeah. The flip side of that is the more you charge, the more profit you make. And the more profit you make, the more services, the more value, the more everything you can offer your clients. So, it's actually better to make more profit and be able to offer a high level of service than to not. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't think of any business I've ever had where I wanted to be the cheapest. I've always wanted to sit in a space where I was able to provide maximum value to my clients. And ultimately, that meant I was the most expensive. And I'm cool with that. I'd rather win hands down in that way every day with my value stack. Mm-hmm. Then on, oh, I chose him because he was the cheapest.
2: Because okay. you want to be the best. I want to be the best.
0: want to be the best. And from a sales perspective, the type of
1: customer that's looking for the cheapest price is generally the one that comes with the most problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. So it's it's not you, by being the cheapest, you're probably going to be attracting a segment of the market you'd probably want to stay away from anyway.
0: Yep, definitely. What's the, what's the equation? 80% of your problems come from 20%, 20% of, your of your clients. Customers. And 20% of your clients, the ones that undervalue, you are the ones that are sitting there going, I'm looking for it the cheapest possible as so I can get mm. it. You know, they're the, like you said, the there's people no you loyalty don't want. with yeah. those clients either. Yeah. None. Yeah. No. Yeah. So if we actually we've talked about how we shouldn't. Work I was it up actually price.
2: saying like we can like go like, okay, premium product, we're going to put our price higher. And mm-hmm. like as soon as you go to service-based businesses, you can actually calculate your ideal optimal billing rate. With maps. <laughs> with mm-hmm. why It doesn't. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, what I would go back to is okay, where do I sit? But what should I be charging based on my numbers? So... Yeah,
0: what should I, <laughs> yeah, should... my business, Don't worry about anybody else? Forget competition. That's mm-hmm. it. Forget your competition.
2: So, there's a couple of things that you need to figure out across your team, um, like your billable hours so, and, and compare that to your available hours. So, mm-hmm. if we work a 40 hour week um, over, let like 40, Six 48 weeks a year. I think that's 2,080 hours that you're available. But you won't be able to fully you can't bill, for bill that. those yep. hours entirely. So you need to figure out how much of that can actually bill out. Yep. What's that percentage? So maybe you can charge out or bill out 80% of that. Yep. You need to find out that number. And then you need to divide that percentage that you're getting by the total number of your employees.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So... Um, I would look at who's on the tools, like who's actually bringing the money in because you don't want to drive up your rate based on people that are in the office that you can't bill but they're they're still essential.
0: You also don't want to drive up your rate based on the fact that you're including yeah. your partner's car
2: yes. in business
0: expenses yeah. of what you can charge but an hour. You've got to yeah. be realistic. Yes,
2: yeah. Yeah. so yeah. be realistic um, about who you include. Like it should be your resources that you can use to yep. complete the work. Mm-hmm. Yep. So not, not your wife's wage or your husband's wage, but they are on the books, but they don't do anything.
0: Yeah, and we're not saying don't have them on the books. We're yeah. not saying don't employ them or don't have a, a wage component going to them. We're simply saying when saying when you're building out your what can I charge rate or what your hourly rate is? Effectively, it comes down to maths. And what you're going to put into one side of the equation is, what is the business cost to run? What yep. are the so different that's expenses? The next step. Yep.
2: That's the next step. So you need to have your billable hours compared to available hours, yep. divide that by your total number of yep. employees. And then that will give you um, a rate, right? Mm-hmm. You need to, however, on the other side, you need to add up your resources costs, mm-hmm. so your labour your materials, your subbies, all of that, plus your overheads. And then you want to add your profit margin onto that mm. because well, we can find out, okay, what's the cost per hour? Um, and that's important too. You want to know, okay, what actually, what does it cost per hour, per available hour, per employee to run my business? But you want to know how, how much you have to charge and include that profit. So if you want to make a 20% profit margin, you then include um, 20 percent of your cost on top of that so if you have a hundred thousand dollars worth of wages and resource costs and twenty thousand dollars worth of overheads 120,000 at 20 20 percent it's 24 grand so you add that on top and the then
1: question i think everyone will be thinking is how much should i be what what percentage margin should i be looking for the profit
2: like 20 percent is a healthy profit mm-hmm. um i would always aim for that but then if you like you I feel like you can get cheeky. So if you put it up too much, you will very likely get too expensive. Price yourself out. Yeah, you price yourself out. So um, it depends on how big your business is, obviously, uh, what services you offer as well. So some services you just can't put as much of a profit margin on top. So um, play with the numbers. I I would just run a couple of
0: different scenarios. I think a good way to look at it is like ultimately you can charge as much as you can charge. Yeah but the market will only pay what you're worth. Mm. So with that said, if we go back to the statement around your value stack, the more that you can show you are worth, the more that you can charge. So if we go in a nice simple kind of way, one, we're looking at all the expenses of the business, the overheads. Mm. Yep, we're putting that all together. Yep. Right. We're adding a few other things in there and then we're dividing it by effectively the billable hours of the company. Yep, because billable hours are optimum how many hours we could do
2: times the efficiency it's it's that rate that i was talking about before yeah you divide that number so the expense number resources or materials and all that stuff plus your overhead plus your profit margin and you divide that by that rate that you first came up with when we looked at your um staff billable hours uh, compared
0: to available and then that gives you kind of like your base is what you have to charge at
2: no in this Scenario, we already included the profit margin. We did so in this case, yes. That would be your optimal. Yes. That that rate that you'll get there will get you to that profit yep. percentage. If you don't include the profit percentage, yep then you get the rate that you have to charge. Yep, which to- would be your
0: break-even hourly rate. Basically, right. yes. Yep, perfect. And then yep. from there, and it's really important to have that base number because then as you said, like how much can I charge or what profit can I make or what percentage can I make? That could be different across different types of customers, different of industries, market. different segments. Yeah. So you may have one price for, at a profit base, one type of customer. And then when you do a work for another customer that you might see as a higher risk, there might actually be a different price component in there.
2: Yeah, at least you know your numbers and know your absolute lowers that you can go. So sitting down with pen and paper in front of your accounting software and filtering out, what are my overheads ob- actually? And, and what are my resource costs like my direct costs? Uh, you need to start there. And then, you know, I bet you there's a whole bunch of people out there already like, how do I know how much hours I can fill out and how much are the available hours? Yep. You need to track that. You Indeed, need to track how much was I able to fill my team out this week and but how long were they at work? That's yep. the available hours.
1: You need to be able to quote with confidence.
0: You know, if you don't understand mm-hmm. these numbers, how can you do so? Yeah, yep, definitely. Um if we looked at this i mean it's this is something that we do with our clients yes so when a new client jumps on board with us one of their first calls is effectively the initial accounting call that they do with you yep you go through our cost of operations calculator that we've got yep. and you actually establish one what their break even mm-hmm. hourly rate is yeah and then you have that conversation with them
2: yep, yep. and I, what i find is exactly that like team members are different so if, you need to look at each person individually, yeah. so spend some time there and then really go through your overheads and make sure that they're up to date. Don't look at last year because you've got a complete year if this year is completely different to what you had going on the year before. So really you know, make sure that you understand what's going on there yeah. um, and how many hours your team is available for the whole year and then use the overheads for the same sort of time frame that you're looking at. Yep. So yeah, I, I do that session, um, and it, it's you know it should be quite straightforward, but there's a lot to it. But it's so worth it taking that time for you at home, going through those that information and putting it down into a spreadsheet or on paper, whatever you want to do, and calculate that. And um, so one thing I also want to say is sometimes you don't want to penalise your clients if you have a very inefficient team because they're unexperienced. Mm. So you might want to have a look at what is an ideal charge-out rate um, and, and go a little bit further. Like if I, or what is my rate that I have to hit? So I want my team to be if, if I want to charge $90 an hour, how efficient does my team have to be? It might be 80%. So that yep. might be 80% billable for you to be able to charge that 90 bucks an hour. So that will then give you an incentive to train up your team to hit that 80% so you can charge a more competitive price in your area.
0: Yep. Two concepts I want to talk about. So you've just talked re- uh, around how we actually establish what that number starts at.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: One thing I want to talk about is as we put more staff on, and this is something a lot of people don't realise, as we put more staff on, yep. the actual required hourly rate to break even drops.
2: Yeah, it's bizarre. Discuss. 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 Okay, so um, we'll look at the overheads and you might up your overheads by when you put someone else on a little bit. Mm-hmm. But generally it's... Like if you have a factory and the the rent will stay the same only because you put on one more person, unless you're in that tight spot where you have to move into a different space because your team is too big, but generally you'll be able to fit one more person in without having to pay extra rent. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe your fuel goes up a little bit, but let's say that overheads will stay fairly consistent and the same, but now you have more capacity. You've got an extra person with more billable hours, more available hours. So per person per hour, you're overhead because the 100 grand was before split over two people. Now it's split over three people. So instead of being 50K each, it's now 33,000 each. So the cost per person actually drops when you hire.
0: Yes. So... A lot of the time we also hear, you know, I don't want to grow. I don't want to put more people on. um, I just, I like earning what I earn. And when we go into our business coaching space where the end goal is to be able to automate or sell a really profitable business, the easiest way to make that happen is to be able to, one, hire more people to carry the load because ultimately we can make more profit on the long game with the more staff that we have. Yep. Yep. So that was that concept. You nailed it. I love it. Hope you all understand that one. Second concept that I want to talk about on top of that is once you establish your price, how much you charge, should it change? Or is it set forever? Is that it? Once you establish that you are charging 140 bucks an hour, is that it? Of course not.
1: You have to have price increases. Yeah.
0: Well, the thing, this is the thing. Actually, based on what we just said, you don't have to have price increases because technically, as we put on more staff, more load is carried. So we could mathematically drop, but are we going to do that? Probably not but we have the ability to.
2: I'm also aware, like or everyone's aware, especially in the current climate prices rise over mm-hmm. time. So your yes. overheads, even if you hired, your overheads will change eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you can always optimise that space. You can review, change things, swap things, you know, just get a better offer. Um, get something that, that's more expensive but it will give you better results like your overheads will always change a little bit that's why we use an average we don't use like this happened in that month and it's always going to be the same like things happen like once a year you need to take them into consideration yep. but of course you will change your change your rate in line like we've got inflation like mm-hmm. things will get more expensive. explain that
0: explain that to them explain how in- inflation actually means that you have to increase your prices, or you're making less.
2: Yeah, well, that's just like go of someone who uh, just earns a normal salary, right? Um, they earn a hundred grand a year, and they don't get a pay raise at the end of the year, but prices are going up so rent effect, goes up, up inflation depending on what rate it is it's high at the moment very high at the moment even if it's lower mm-hmm. your rent will go up but if your wage stays at that 100 grand that 100 grand will actually buy you less and less it's and worth less, less. it's mm-hmm. worth less yep. like you can buy less from it mm-hmm. so that's the same with your rates and your business but the earnings the profit if you don't eventually increase your prices in line with at least inflation you'll just Go backwards rather than standing still. Yep. Okay. So, keeping it. Would you
0: advise that clients are, or or, you know, people listening in, increase their prices once a year, twice a year? What do you think is a fair, a fair play there?
2: I think um, once a year is a fair, fair way to. When would you do it? it? um start of the financial
0: year. Yep, because that's a good a good yeah. like lead in to be able to have with your clients talking about the rising costs of X and Y. Yeah. And also new financial year people have gotten to the point where they actually expect it. They understand that it's something that's going to happen. Yeah.
2: You know, um you might have, you know, you might be really efficient and you were able to you know reduce your overheads you might be able to keep your rate the same yep. um, without actually losing money because of inflation. But in saying that, like, it is very common to review your pricing and see if you have to put it up and then do it at least once a year. We've got people that change their rates more often during the year, just keep reviewing it, and um, and that's totally fine. Like, sometimes it's a little bit higher, sometimes it's a bit lower. Like, if you can maximise how you run your business, you've got things to play with, but it all ties back together with you need to know your numbers mm. to be able to do that. So uh, listen to the last episode um but yeah I've got a good. I've
1: got a question for you what about material markup how
2: do we yep. go about that yeah you should always put a material markup on there and on your materials and it depends a little bit on what realm you're playing with uh that you might be able to put a larger or smaller markup on your material but um that's like heaps of people say it's 30 percent but some people actually are able to mark up a lot more smaller ticket item at a higher percentage. Mm -hmm. So this is where I would look up your industry standards and see how much you can actually charge uh, and mark up your material. But yeah, definitely, you know, don't, don't sell them that cost. They Mm -hmm. can put a markup on your material because you drive there, you have paperwork, you know, you hold risk. risk. If you hold it in your warehouse, it could get Mm -hmm. flooded, like things like that. And, um, yeah, you you hold the risk of being a business owner as well. So definitely mark up your materials and like um, the the rates, depending a little bit on what what can you put on top of your materials without losing the job, yep. or and what's the industry benchmark. So that depends on the kind of work you do.
0: Yeah, your customer base. Who yep. is it that you're actually servicing here? If it's someone that's industry related, you know, let's talk electricians and plumbers. If you're servicing a builder material markup is going to be less because effectively they're in the industry. They know what it costs. They know all those kinds right. of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you're servicing the domestic market, there might be the ability to put a little bit of a higher markup on it. And exactly what you said, you know, items that might only cost you $5, you could put a higher markup on that than something that might cost you $1,000. Yeah, right. I
2: also, yes. um, just on that material markup and material cost, what I would highly advise is check the current prices mm-hmm. that you are getting charged. Don't just assume that, oh, well, it's always been 5 bucks. Mm-hmm. that that price hasn't gone up so yep. because it can like, get Especially in today's really quickly. Market, yep. right? Yep.
0: So- and that's where things like your job management software, your yep. accounting software, where those additional pieces of software that you have available to you are so important. Yep. That's how you understand your numbers. That's how yep. you know exactly what you can and can't be charging and what you should and shouldn't be charging.
2: Yep, 100%. I've
1: got one more question for you. Oh, hit it. Pre-built pricing mm-hmm. versus
0: hourly rate. Big fan of both, and I know that sounds weird to say. Um, sit on the fence with them. I think that both have their plays and their places. If I think about our clients, we have a lot of clients that price in the hourly rate space, and they kill it at business. But they have a clear understanding of what they need to be charging. Yeah, and they have developed a really, really good way to communicate their hourly rate with their co- their clientele base. Yep, yep. Price per point probably has an easier way to make money, make profit in it. But a lot of the times you will price yourself out if you don't understand the different levels of pricing you need in there. Yep, mm-hmm. And if you're not able to communicate that message effectively and efficiently to prospective clients. That's right. It's the yeah, communication
1: component. Yep.
0: You know, So I'm a big fan of both. Um, I know there's a lot of coaching companies out there that sit heavily in like this is the only way it should be done. I don't believe that. I think that there's a, there's a good example of this is actually Uh, comes away from this, but there's so many ways to achieve the same outcome in business. So I was having a conversation with someone the other day who their current rate was around about, I'm just going to use broad numbers, okay? Their current rate was $250 an hour, all right? And they kept saying that they can't work with real estates because real estates won't, won't actually accept those high hourly rates. And I said to them, I said, okay, let's look at how we can get to the same result and make the same amount of money, but in a different way. So at present, $250 is the hourly rate. Average job, two hours, okay, or, or one and a half to two hours. And I said to them, all right, why don't we just charge and drop our hourly rate down to $169, $189 an hour, which looks way more better on paper, but add an attendance fee of $69 or $89, okay? If we add that together over a two-hour job, we effectively get to the exact same amount of money that we would have charged that $250 initial like style of pricing, we make the same. And I think that's something that we really need to start understanding as business owners is we can get to the same place in business with different methods, hourly rate, rate, price per point, great they're yep. both great you just have to start understanding how to make each one work for you Yeah,
2: i mean you can if you are able to mark up your material you can have a really low hour exactly. make a lot of profit just through the markup on yeah, your material right. and you basically just move the material yep. from you yep. know and install it but you, you can make money that way as well so then it comes back to like how much do you actually need to make mm. how much do you need to achieve To run your business at a profit. So you like go back and reverse engineer that. And this all
1: comes back to just understanding your numbers. Yes. If you don't understand your numbers, you can't do any of these things.
0: Yeah. You can't confidently sit Mm -hmm. there in a business space and realize, oh, wait, I can actually get to this outcome by doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think review what your team can do. Mm -hmm. Like start there because you do want to know how efficient are they actually. Um, track it. Don't just go, uh, I think like we build them mm-hmm. out at 70%. Like just write it down data. and data. Collect data. The data. Your job management systems, they should spit that out for you mm-hmm. if you put your uh, schedule in there and you can use that data to get that answer fairly quickly because you know how much you're paying them each week in the payroll. So you know how, how, how many hours they were available. So if they're on leave, not available. Um, so average that over a year, but I think start there, um, have a look and review your overheads, your direct costs, like your resource cost, um, check it all together, get an optimal rate, and then see where you sit and, and reverse engineer that from there. And then sometimes you will have cases like, you know, you price yourself out, but is there a way where we can get to the same outcome in a different yeah. way?
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think this is a great episode. I think it's so important for people to understand how to price, Yeah, you know, and not just throw out numbers here and there. That If we're talking about the industry and we're talking about where we sit in this, there's no authenticity in that. There's yeah. no knowledge base on that. You're simply stating something that you hope will yield you a profit. Mm. And as we said at the start, business is about effectively making profit. You can't be in business. Unless you're not for profit. But anyway, you realistically can't be in business and sustain unless you're making a profit.
2: Yeah. I um, I know we started off with competitor rates, but instead of just going in there and I'm just going to charge a little bit less to land more jobs, I would still look at their rates just for comparison reasons. But don't base your rates too much off whatever they charge. But it is still good to get an idea of what's happening in your area.
0: All right guys any other points i'm good i'm good oh. i think
2: that really you know lots of gold in there
0: lots of gold all right guys i hope you've enjoyed this episode uh keep listening to other ones and we'll see you all soon bye